Hello and welcome to Instant Transmission, a podcast where we discuss everything Dragon Ball and the reproductive process of Namekians. Also known as, once you go green, you're going to want a sensu bean. Piccolo is out of commission, Krillin is super out of commission, and Goku has commissioned a neat new blonde hairstyle as a ramshackle remaining hero is prepared to take on the indomitable evil emperor of the universe. Call your best friend and make sure they're all right as we prepare to dive into our part three coverage of Dragon Ball Kai. I'm your host, Dayton, and once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Todd. Hi. Tonight, we'll be covering Kai's episodes 48 through 54, and our heroes are in very rough shape. After withstanding the colossal might of a universe-reaching spirit bomb, Frieza has re-emerged battered, but far from beaten. He sets his eyes on revenge, grievously wounding Piccolo and killing the poor defenseless Krillin. Overflowing with rage, Goku transforms, becoming a wash with yellows and golds, likely taking on the mythical form of the legendary Super Saiyan. And with all of that covered, was there anything you wanted to add before we got things started, Todd? No, I'm ready to dive into this one. I'm excited. Yeah, buddy. We're, we're at the climax in this episode. And I tell you what, we're starting off, well, with quite a bang, right? Um, actually, before we got started, um, I think I wanted to bring up uh, I don't think I gave enough time to Krillin last episode. I do want to just <laughs> weep for, for my fallen warrior for just a moment. Uh, so this one goes out to him. We'll pour one out for Krill talk. <laughs> okay. All right. So we got a moment of silence. So that brings us into episode 48. The angry super saying, throw your hat in the ring, son Goku. And this episode begins with Goku commanding his son, to take Piccolo and get off planet. It's Goku being serious and he should be. The situation is dire and I don't know. It's kind of this, this different beat of Goku. I'm not used to seeing. I love this. I, I mean, this is starting to show us what the super Saiyan transformation is doing to Goku and it's unlocked by his rage and his rage is on full display here, even in speaking to his son, and one of the other things I really like about this is that we don't really get to see this side of Goku, particularly in Dragon Ball Super and beyond. And so I really enjoy getting to see him be serious and angry. Yeah. And it's Gohan's also kind of taken off guard and Gohan's kind of fighting him with fighting him a little bit because he points out that if he takes uh, Goku's spaceship, Goku's going to be stranded. And Goku's just not hearing it. He's not being calm. He's not kind of comforting his son anymore. He's just telling his son to take Piccolo and get him off the planet. Because if Piccolo dies, the Dragon Balls go away with him. Yeah, which, I mean, is a very good point. There is kind of a funny beat here as Goku's literally yelling at Gohan to get off this planet and just listen to him. Where Gohan is like, a little bit shaken up and so takes Piccolo and starts flying away. But then Gohan is looking back at his father, Goku and is like, man, he's such a badass. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, Goku's awash with this, this golden yellow energy, right? He's really become something special. And I think Frieza even realizes it, but it's, it's, I mean, it's a new leg to the fight. And I bet you Gohan's probably a little upset that he's not there to see the absolute ass whooping that's about to commence. Which does commence as Frieza basically says, 
You guys think I'm just going to let you get away? Points a finger for one of his death beams at Gohan and Piccolo. And Goku, still in his full fury of Krillin's death, basically teleports right in front of Frieza, grabs his hand, and just wrenches it, gripping it, putting Frieza on the back foot in pain it's fantastic goku looking down on frieza with his furrowed brow and he has great dialogue here he looks at frieza and says you're the scum of the universe and i'm getting sick of it how many innocent people how many of my friends have to die before you stop you killed krillin you killed my best friend and i mean it's the anger in shemmel's voice in this delivery is fantastic oh yeah sean shemmel's great here and Man, it, just seeing Goku, like you said, towering over these small form of Frieza, but you can see Frieza struggling, trying to wiggle free of this iron grip that Goku has on his hand. And Goku's just standing there like a fucking rock. Just looks like he's not even trying. Yeah, it's and it's not very often you see Frieza kind of on the back foot like this, right? I mean, just the episode before, Frieza was whooping Goku's ass, everybody's ass. And so this is a, a really, I guess, harsh change from where we just came from. And this power is, it's new. It's its unreal. Yeah, this is, this is super cool. As Frieza's trying to get away from this newly powered Goku, there's these kind of red lines of energy that encircle them. Frieza finally manages to rip his way free. You're almost uncertain as to whether Frieza managed to get free or if Goku decided to let him go. And Frieza is kind of finally coming to this realization that, oh shit, you finally did it. You finally reached the Super Saiyan form that Vegeta would not stop running his mouth about. And Goku's, he's all business right now. This isn't a fun fight for him. He's not really interested in, in I guess, exchanges of dialogue with Frieza right now. He's all business. And we see him just roar with anger as he announces the end, the end of the fight. And he goes in the assault. And Frieza is knocked down just hard into the earth, just emerges, emerging with bruises and blood seeping from his lips. And... There's a brief exchange of pleasantries, and then there's an interesting scene where there's like a a speed test that's happening here where you get to see Goku's really kind of outclassing Frieza at this point. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is super cool. The, I mean, Goku ends up weathering a number of energy blasts from Frieza. Uh, and again, like you said, Dayton, just moments ago, Goku was just getting clobbered and now he's basically completely outclassing Frieza. Yeah. And uh, Frieza's panicking, right? And we see the classic panic key blast as Frieza starts blasting away, Goku emerging completely unscathed. And then Frieza pulls it up with a second panic key blast, which also doesn't work, which I love. I love that. They're just, no, no, Frieza's not just panicking. Frieza's really panicking right now. Yeah. And Goku, Ends up going on the assault, just kind of sticking it to Frieza, punch after kick, after elbow, after knee. And then Frieza tries to retaliate with Goku now going on the defensive. 
Frieza can't land a single blow on Goku as Goku just blocks and dodges and deflects everything. Some of the dodges look really cool too, where they show Goku's kind of faded form as he's moving through the key blasts that are coming at him. It's some of them are cheap cuts, but some of them are animated very well. There's a cool little sequence in here that I really, really need to point out. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a mixture as Frieza starts trying his his death beams and that's kind of those are kind of the ones that goku fades his way through uh it gets to a point where frieza more or less just dares goku to stand still and frieza gets angry at the fact that goku is basically mocking him shooting one last death beam directly at his face that goku takes straight to the chin and does not seem to face him at all. <laughs> it's almost a no-sell. His head kind of flies back and then slowly comes back forward with a grin on his face. And this is where Frieza screams out, what are you? And Goku follows it up with some more good dialogue. He says, you haven't figured it out yet. I'm the Saiyan that came all the way from Earth for the sole purpose of beating you. I'm the warrior you've heard about in Legends, pure of heart and awakened by fury. I am the Super Saiyan Son Goku. I I'm so glad that you put down the his whole dialogue there because this is actually especially for Kai. This is a huge moment. I mean, this is a huge moment in general, just in anime history. But the reason this is such a big deal in Kai is because this speech from Goku in the original Funimation dub was vastly changed from Goku's dialogue in the manga. There's his whole speech about I am the light in the darkness. And (laughs) I mean, it's fine. Like I kind of have an appreciation for it, like because I watched it as a kid, but this actually takes the pretty much the direct dialogue from the manga where Goku actually declares, I am the Super Saiyan. And even here, this is one of the few times we hear Goku using his full name, his last name. I am the Super Saiyan Son Goku. And it's such a beautiful declaration. Yeah, and I mean, it's 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 such a fantastic line. I don't remember the dialogue being this good in the first watch around. Um, there's actually quite a few good moments of dialogue in this part three that we're covering tonight. And I think I have quite a few of them written down. And this is this is one of the moments that stood out to me. I had to write it down. I actually didn't know it was pretty much verbatim uh, from the manga, which tells me that well, the manga wrote this pretty well, didn't it? <laughs> Toriyama does a pretty good job when he wants to. Uh, so I was I was happy again. Kai is doing a much better job of being very faithful to the manga, which is is great. A, a very a, a feather in its cap on that point. Um, this kind of continues as Frieza now is just terrified, uh, but tries to pull it together and starts, you know, talking shit once more and saying, like, you know, if I were at my full power, I could easily put you down. <laughs> yeah, and Goku doesn't have time for that. And we see a, a furious Frieza who is now engulfed in this red and black energy. And we see Goku putting his hands together for what looks like a, a, a Kamehameha wave. 
and we see their two energies kind of pushing up against each other as it overflows and engulfs the entire screen. And it's, I don't know, it's really kind of setting the stage for what's about to happen. It's really letting you know how these two characters are complete opposites. It's such a cool visual. Uh, the the auras from the two of them colliding. We even see the the land, the air, the water, all of it getting disrupted by their clash of these titanic powers. And what we as the audience almost expect to be maybe a beam struggle here as Frieza kind of puts his hands together and begins to create a ball of energy. Uh, Frieza says, I'm not going to, (laughs) I'm not going to fight fair here. I'm going to basically destroy the planet and you're going to get destroyed with it because I can breathe in space as he launches the ball at the planet Namek. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a curveball, right? You're expecting these two to go at it, and Frieza decides to, to to take a cheap shot, basically, to not go after Goku, but to go after the very planet he needs to survive. And he screams, "You and this pathetic planet can perish together. Die!" As he just takes his key blast and plunges it deep into the earth, to Goku's surprise. It's so good. It It is a great way. It, it basically wraps up that episode. It is a great spot to end the episode. I don't think this was even an episode ender before, but it's an excellent cliffhanger to lead us into the next one. It's stuff like this, though, that makes Frieza one of my, if not my favorite villain in all of Dragon Ball. Frieza wanted to oh, yeah. win. Frieza didn't care about the fair fight. Frieza didn't care about the bravado or any weird thing like that. Frieza wanted to win and was willing to blow up the planet to get that. This is honestly a great point for... So in Dragon Ball, more often than not, it is the strongest person who wins the fight. This is one of those cases... And I mean, well, we'll we'll talk about the end result of this fight, but... This is one of those cases where it easily could have been the smarter of the two people who wins the fight. As Frieza says, like, I'm I'm no match for you right now, but I can breathe in space and you cannot. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's I'm not here to beat you in martial arts. I'm here to kill you and win. (laughs) I love it. But I think that leads us right into the next episode, which is episode 49. Exact vengeance, Son Goku. The countdown to the planet's collapse. And you see the planet recoil from Frieza's attack. The landscape begins to tear apart and the sky lights up in blinding light. And King Kai describes it pretty well that Frieza was backed into a corner and decided to blow up the planet out of pure spite. I mean, they do such a good job. The the visuals here make it look like, I mean, we see like, Balma and the land around her getting destroyed. Gohan getting like blown away from the the explosion. Uh, we even see the planet just glowing from one side as the explosion encompasses almost the entirety of the planet. And King Kai giving us this dialogue that makes us believe that Goku and the others were killed by Frieza. But then we get somebody interjecting here 
in our guardian of earth. Yeah. Um, Kame kind of out of the blue establishes contact with King Kai. Um, and this is where King Kai quickly realizes that the planet may yet still remain. However, it's probably in terrible condition. Yeah. The important part here being that if Kami's alive, Piccolo has to be alive. And if Piccolo's alive, the planet Namek can't quite be destroyed. So we know that the battle's not over. And this is where we flip back and see that, yeah, the there's a big hole in the planet, but Goku remains, Frieza remains. And here we get one of the most famous declarations in all of Dragon Ball. The planet has five minutes until it explodes. <laughs> and we're about to see if that's a true five minutes or not. And <laughs> I mean, spoilers, Kai does a decent job with it in terms of pacing and timing. Uh, it, it takes a few episodes, but it's it's a much more genuine five minutes than our original Funimation dub. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I, I'm kind of glad they left it in there just because it makes me laugh. And honestly, I think in general, most of the time, they're probably better off not using hard numbers because anytime you use a hard number, you're getting yourself into trouble. 100%. I mean, the moment that Frieza's power level came into play, that's when power levels got completely out of whack. But mm -hmm. I, I'm glad they put it in there. Uh, Particularly because, I mean, we want this situation to feel dire, right? Like we as the audience, it, it helps us feel and understand the tension and the stakes, knowing that this planet could explode at any moment. Uh, one other detail that is going to be important moving forward is the reason Kami was even contacting King Kai, too, is that he has Popo looking for the Dragon Balls. So that's going to come up later. But for now, we kind of shift back over to Goku and Frieza. As Goku says, uh, well, Frieza believes that he might have held back a little bit too much when trying to blow up the planet. Yeah, and Goku is now on a timer. And Frieza's also on a timer. It's one wins, one loses, right? And Frieza announces that, you know, he still hasn't revealed the pinnacle of his power. But Goku's not dealing with it right now. He's He's got places to be, he's got things to do, and he doesn't have a lot of time to do it. And he rushes in on the assault, and we see him deliver just a very weighty punch to Frieza's face, followed up by an equally weighty knee to the torso that causes Frieza to just cough out blood. I love the visuals in this, this uh, particularly this section, incredibly well animated. Uh, also, super cathartic just seeing Frieza get his ass beat. Um, Frieza does manage to kind of get out of some of these exchanges, though. There is one really cool sequence right after this, too, as Goku like teleports in front of Frieza as Frieza's trying to run away, does like a full sonic spin, double kick to Frieza's face, and then teleports back to his flying away body and blasts him in the air with another kick. Just beautiful scenes with the action here. <laughs> I mean, it's really good. And after getting beaten around like a ragdoll, we see Frieza kind of howl in anger and 
blast Goku back, kind of catching him off guard and knocking him hard into the earth. He reemerges, though, you know, pretty scuffed up and nearly shirtless, which seriously, there's like a piece of dental floss holding his shirt up. So I don't even <laughs> I don't even get that. Hey, man, like you said, once the shirt comes off, shit gets serious. He wasn't so. ready to take it off. I'm not ready, Frieza. <laughs> I'm not serious yet. <laughs> uh, we we do get a scene of um, Gohan, who was supposed to be taking Piccolo and leaving. Um, he drops Piccolo back off at the ship, but he's also trying to find Bulma before he leaves the planet. He doesn't want to leave her on this I don't know, this wreck of a planet doesn't want to leave her to die. And he does eventually find her and start heading back to the ship. Yeah, I, I'm not going to dwell on it too much, but I, I, I hate Balma's involvement on Namek. I love Balma, hate Balma's involvement on Namek. It's just important to point out because there's, Gohan hasn't left the planet yet, and this is why. Right, yeah. And Balma will be helpful getting the, the ship moving too. Uh, but we do kind of cut back over to... Goku and Frieza fighting. I want to point out too, man, there are several shots of Goku just just flying at Frieza and his Super Saiyan hair is just like flowing back behind him in the wind. Looks incredible, like beautiful animation for what is, I believe, the late 1980s, maybe early 1990s. Just gorgeous. It, it looks, this is probably peak Dragon Ball Z animation right here, at least what we've seen so far. Some of these action shots are fantastic. And we're heading up to a moment where we see Frieza begin powering up. And I like that Goku actually pauses and kind of takes a moment to comment on how disformed Frieza is becoming from this this amassing of energy. Yeah, he says that it's taken a the the power is taking a toll on Frieza's body, and you can see Frieza's body, his I mean his shoulders get fucking huge, man. He is yoked out of his mind. Uh, his whole upper body begins to swell, and then it starts to extend to his lower body, and even his tail expands and extends out with veins sticking out of it. This, this isn't like a new form, right? This is just. Frieza distorting his body by cramming as much energy into it as possible. I I want to talk about this briefly, but in Super, they they make a point in the Tournament of Power to show Frieza teaching Frost, hey, this is a way that you can gain more power. And he shows Frost this form specifically, which is supposed to also kind of be a nod to when Trunks in the Cell Saga goes into this like beefcake form. And the the big detail here is that they they say that that this enhanced body, this larger body form is supposed to give you increased power, but reduced speed. I feel like this scene, though, it's kind of a it's a bit of a retcon for Frieza here, I think, because I feel like Freeze is not slower in this form. I feel like he's faster. Yeah, it's uh, maybe it's similar but different. But I I agree. It's it, it feels like a retcon because I think you're right. I do remember that. Um, I like the idea of it, but it does raise probably more questions than it needs to. Yeah, I think there could be like if you watch through this fight, there could be an argument argument to be made that you know Freeze still wasn't able to keep up with Goku. Uh, but I don't know. It's, it's nice that they try to do like a little tie back or a throwback to it. I just thought it was interesting that they kind of 
changed it a little bit in Super. What's also interesting is King Kai chiming in to Goku in the middle of this battle, telling Goku that waiting for the power-up is uh, pretty dumb and that he should strike now while Freeze is vulnerable. And Goku refuses. He flat out says that this is the only chance to really see what Freeze is made of. That Saiyan blood just, it's too powerful. He can't overcome it. I so they started going through Frieza's power up pretty fast, and I was worried that they were going to skip this point. And I'm so glad that they did not skip it because I love King Kai. I mean, King Kai, even leading up to people traveling to Namek, King Kai has been like, Don't mess with Frieza. <laughs> Yeah, and not only did Goku go against his wishes and go up against Frieza, he's once again not listening to his advice. He's letting Frieza get away with with everything. Everything Frieza wants to do, Frieza does. I also really like that this is, this could be perceived as not only being just, you know, Goku, Goku's say in heritage and his desire for for good battles, but particularly this super saiyan form and goku whether it be you know cockiness or anger or whatever you want to call it where goku just wants to stick it to frieza in every way possible after watching the death of his best friend yeah and it's i mean frieza goes through the whole transformation or not transformation power up whatever you want to call it and this is where Goku roars in anger once more. And he laments the untimely death of his best friend, who, commenting on how he can never be brought back since he's already died before. And, I mean, King Kai's pleading with Goku, telling him to think of his other friends, to think of his son. And Goku just assures him that they'll be okay and keeps his gaze locked on the evil powering up before him. And that's kind of where this episode ends. It's great. They're, the delivery here again, Sean Chamel doing a beautiful job. I also really love, uh, it's not necessarily a specific moment here, but pretty much all of the dialogue for Frieza is super well written. All of it in such a way that Frieza comes across as very upper class, very elegant, very intelligent. And Goku is, I mean, I love Goku, but that Goku is not that by any means. Goku is a country bumpkin in <laughs> every way of the word. Uh, so it's, it's such a, I just love the dynamic here of this country bumpkin and Goku being ready to stand up to this classy tyrant that is Frieza. And I do love that the entire time Frieza is, is, ignoring or struggling with the idea that this this low-class Saiyan could actually defeat him. Frieza just refuses to recognize that possibility and just keeps finding, I guess, other ways to power up or cheap shots or just anything to find a way to win without recognizing the threat that's standing before him for what it really is. I mean, I really like the verbiage that you used because it is so in line and so parallel with the way that Vegeta felt about Goku when Vegeta and Goku fought on Earth because Vegeta, just like Frieza, was like, this 
low-class Saiyan or this low-class warrior in Frieza's eyes, this filthy monkey, should not be able to stand toe-to-toe with me. I should be better than him. And Goku is very, very much going to prove both of them wrong. But put a pin in that thought because Frieza has some excellent dialogue later on that really emphasizes it. Hell yeah. I but think I think that leads us right into episode 50, which is Frieza's do or die full power. Shenron, heed this wish. And we see Frieza finishing his power up and the battle begins once more. And I mean, Goku kind of comes out of the gate weak at this point, taking just a brutal beating from Frieza's newly acquired power. Yeah, this is interesting, right? Because it it lets the audience kind of feel like, oh shit, maybe Goku made a mistake. Maybe even the Super Saiyan transformation isn't enough to defeat Frieza at his full power. There's, again, some really cool set pieces here as Frieza's just, we get a bunch of speed lines of Frieza like beating the snot out of Goku, then throwing Goku into the ground. Goku manages to like spin and recover and then gets blasted by a double kicked from Frieza directly into the dirt. I mean, so many of the hits here. I, I think one of the ways that you put it, Dayton, is that they just feel, you can feel the weight and the impact. They are very well animated. Yeah, and they they go out of their way. Whenever you see like an errant key blast or something like that, there's always this little ball of energy that will just like hit somewhere. And then there's a massive explosion that falls like how effortless it is for them to cause wanton destruction it's insane yeah absolutely and we even get to see some of the the planet getting destroyed here uh they they do a really good job of showing like the the smoke and the lava and even showing the the discoloration of the sky as they're both kind of fighting in like this pink and black expanse uh it's a really cool artistic choice but Eventually, Goku ends up grasping onto Frieza's hands in the middle of their exchange. And this is where we kind of get a sense that Goku may have been kind of measuring up Frieza's power here. As we see, they're, they feel pretty evenly matched in the moment. Yeah, and there's a brief panning shot of them kind of doing, a, a I guess, a strength struggle against each other as they both kind of jockey for control over the situation. And we see eventually Frieza breaking the hold and delivering just a brutal knee to Goku's stomach. And we see Goku crouching over in pain as Frieza begins gloating, right? Well, that is until we see that Goku is basically unfazed by the blow. Yeah, so we're, again, this is kind of giving us that impression that Goku's feeling out Frieza. Goku even taunts Frieza, like, I was worried you weren't going to be strong enough to test me out. Uh, So this is, I mean, the fight kind of continues here as Frieza now outraged. Uh, They get disrupted by this moat of lava that launches up into the air, and then they start to teleport around. Uh, Goku now seemingly outclassing Frieza. And this is one of those moments where Goku's speed is seems greater than Frieza's. So could be an argument for the change that they made in Super. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's a discussion to have around it, and who knows? Maybe maybe Goku's kind of sandbagging his speed during this fight because he's kind of sandbagging everything right now. So maybe the speed is there, or maybe Goku's just letting Frieza have his time in the sun. Yeah, I I feel like there are moments here where it's just a matter of Goku, and we've seen Goku do this, especially watching through Dragon Ball. We've seen instances of Goku just letting his opponents fucking beat on him. Oh and yeah, then, all the time. It's he he done he's done that a few times at just the World Martial Arts tournaments in the original Dragon Ball. Absolutely. So this this kind of feels like that, like a little nod to that. Uh and then we we kind of get a, a glance back at King Kai and Kami talking here as they're trying to figure out a plan with what to do with the Dragon Balls. Yeah, and the original thought was that they were going to use the seven Dragon Balls to revive those slain by Vegeta and Nappa, um, which I guess they can use the wish to revive everybody in a single event. Um, and it would revive uh, Yamcha uh tn all the civilians killed by them however it would not resurrect chaotzu because he's already been wished back right and we know our earth dragon balls can't resurrect somebody who's already been resurrected hint hint (laughs) yeah so uh king kai kind of starts asking questions like trying to figure out you know what is the what is the scope for the earth dragon balls in terms of resurrecting people like if somebody somebody died kind of indirectly uh as the result of somebody else's actions would they still be resurrected if we wish for everyone that that person killed to come back and kami's kind of like Shit, man, I don't know. That's a weird situation, but we could give it a shot. Yeah, it's extremely <laughs> great. It's very lawyery of you to ask that. So I don't know. Yeah, basically, like we're 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 touching on a very gray area. Uh, but we kind of get the impression that King Kai or well, King Kai basically says, all right, I want you to change the wish. What I want you to wish for is to bring back all of the people who were killed by Frieza and his men, which is going to be very Im- an important key here to what happens next. Yeah, and well, they even kind of laid it all out. Once they resurrect the Namekians, including the Grand Elder, if the loophole here works correctly, there, stood, there should still be a third wish on the Namekian Dragon Balls which they can use to transport the newly revived Namekians and all of the good guys, basically, from the exploding planet to Earth, leaving Frieza alone. And that's not a bad plan, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, it's a good idea, right? Um, We kind of get to see Gohan and Bulma making it back to the ship. Uh, Balma's able to basically get the ship moving again. There's a very interesting scene here to me because I didn't understand this scene when I first watched Dragon Ball Z very well. The reason I say that is because I watched Dragon Ball Z before watching Dragon Ball, but what basically happens here is Balma turns on the lights in the ship 
and then sees the body of Piccolo lying on the ground. And she kind of freaks out. She's like, oh, God, what's he doing here? Why is he here? Uh, And Gohan's like, he got hurt. He saved me and my dad and we're taking him back home. And Bulma's like, uh, yeah, well, maybe we should just leave him here. He'd probably want to be with his people. And you could tell Bulma's afraid of Piccolo. And this whole thing ties back to Bulma's experience with Piccolo in the original Dragon Ball when Piccolo tried to kill everybody and take over the world. <laughs> That's true. In Dragon Ball Z, Piccolo is not really established as a good guy even really yet. His encounter with the Saiyans and helping our heroes out was mostly an alliance of convenience, right? It wasn't necessarily him being a good guy. And it's not like Bulma's really involved with that situation very much either. It's kind of a weird... Right, exactly. So Bulma didn't really get to see... She hasn't gotten to see kind of the transition of Piccolo into a good guy. But we as the audience, if we've only seen Dragon Ball Z, we didn't really get to see Piccolo truly as a bad guy. We basically just got dialogue at the beginning of the Saiyan saga saying, Hey, Goku, I'm your enemy, but I want to... I want to team up with you to beat up this other bad guy Raditz and then from then on Piccolo was kind of a good guy I say yeah like if you haven't seen original Dragon Ball you haven't really seen Piccolo do anything other than be a little bit of a jerk to Gohan and that's as evil as he's really been yeah so I this was this was just an interesting detail to me I like that this scene is here it makes perfect sense for Balma I just wanted to point it out because uh I, I bet it a lot of people were I, I think i as a kid was a little bit confused by this scene <laughs> well i think too with the um without seeing the original dragon ball bulma is also a weird character in the show without seeing original dragon ball in my opinion she's just kind of the the tech person who also gives us um like plot stuff like the dragon radar so she's not really established as a character she's established as kind of a tool to move the plot that's another good point actually like i love balma i think that she's an excellent character but i'm also saying that from the perspective of somebody who's seen all of dragon ball uh like the original z super gt whatever um from the perspective of somebody who's only watched Z, I don't remember how I felt about her as a kid watching just Dragon Ball Z. I I do know that both as a kid and as an adult, I don't like her in the Namek saga. So I bet as a kid, with that being most of her involvement in the show, I probably didn't like her character, period. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing. And she's, uh, she's a much, much better character in the original Dragon Ball. So if you had that kind of background going into Z... I definitely would have looked at her differently, but as a kid, I didn't really like get her. I didn't really care about her. Um, and also I didn't really know Piccolo very well. So this interaction between these two characters, I didn't really know anything about. didn't really stand out to me, but now with all the background that we have, yeah, it kind of makes sense that this happens. It's kind of a, a nod to their history. And I like that. Yeah, me too. I I just had to bring that one up. It's a tiny little scene, but I thought it was interesting. Oh, we've I, got um, a very important scene that happens around this point, and that's Frieza announcing that the planet only has two, maybe three minutes left. <laughs> hey, I at least this isn't like 20 episodes long like the original <laughs> <laughs> i mean it because frieza's not sure we can just say that frieza's not the greatest at math and called called a day 
Yeah, Frieza can't count. Who knows? <laughs> uh, this kind of leads us back into the fight between Goku and Frieza. Uh, Frieza kind of dashing in, getting a few good hits on Goku. I will say the animation here takes a little bit of a a little bit of a nosedive. Some of the action scenes here are yeah, a little. Uh, I noticed that too. There's, I mean. The way I describe it is this feels like fight padding. Um, there's a lot of recycled animations and the sequences are very, very short and just, I mean, it's not great. There's there's a, a large dip in the animation, but they're kind of padding out this episode, it feels like, just because we're bridging a couple important events. Like we know Gohan should be leaving the planet right now, but he asks Bulma to wait um, so that way... It, his dad can show back up. Right. We also know that, um, pretty soon here we could have some more dragon ball shenanigans going on. So we just got to kind of bridge the gap until we get to all these events kind of lining up and things happening. Right. And, you know, even, even if, even though we call it padding, it's, it's pretty short. It's a, it's a, maybe a minute or two's time. Um, it's and... just weird that they left that stuff in there though. Cause I don't, there wasn't really any dialogue that I felt was, important and i mean they have already cut out so much why wouldn't you cut this out i i can't really wrap my head around it yeah i don't know i mean it it's the the parts that i'm thinking of were i mean they were mostly unique animations even if they they weren't good ones they were not good by any means um i feel like they cut out a lot of like the a lot of the speed lines a lot of the repeat animations and then tried to use like the the unique animations that they they had available, but some of them are not great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting choice, but this epi- episode kind of wraps up with um, Mister Popo summoning Shenron, and he asks if the dragon can revive everyone on Namek, and Shenron says he's. Not sure, but he'll try, which <laughs> I love that answer. This is a very Dragon Ball answer from the immortal, eternal dragon. That's great. I love that. I also really love where this episode ends. It ends at a one of the original Funimation dub endings, because we do also kind of in the... We cross between two scenes of Popo speaking to Shenron and Goku firing a Kamehameha at the charging Frieza with a pink aura around him. I I really like this fight set piece of the Kamehameha and Frieza just trying to like barrel through it. Put a pin in that for one moment because this sequence kind of goes into the next episode, which is episode 51. Goku's furious battle cry, make it in time, the resurrection wish. Um, I don't like how they pick back up with it, though, because I felt like this Kamehameha wave scene is it's kind of cut up. And I thought I was watching a replay from last episode, but we were actually going through like the what was happening this episode with it. I don't know. It felt really weird and disjointed. I agree with you. I was trying to kind of figure out why it was done that way. I I can tell you for certain that that scene, that struggle between the two of them was much longer, much, much longer. Uh, so I'm kind of, I, I feel like they they must not have had like a good transition 
animation scene to use here. Either that or they just jump from like the start of that sequence to the end of that sequence. And that's why it feels real awkward. Yeah, it's, you know, Goku launches the wave at Frieza and it's chopped up kind of weirdly. We see Frieza take on that pose that resembles skiing, I guess, the ski pose. That's how you endure Kamehameha waves and just (laughs) perseveres through it. And Goku's knocked out and it kind of happens. And at the end of it, I was sitting there wondering, did that really happen or was this a flat? Did this happen last episode? I don't know. I was just it felt like a just like I was a fish out of water watching this. I didn't know what was going on. I admittedly thought that I had missed something like I I even kind of went back to the previous episode and the beginning of this episode. And I was like, did I miss? No, no, there's just nothing more there. Okay, so, yeah, it is a bummer that they kind of messed up what I think is a really cool set piece of this Kamehameha struggle. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. It's I mean, it's not the worst thing, um, but it could have been handled a lot better. We could have had a, a fun struggle here, but instead we got this. They started out right, and then they kind of flopped the ending with their weird decisions and editing. But I don't know. Maybe I'm going to just take their word for it that that was the best that they could do. But uh, I don't know. There there might have been better. But either way, after this point, uh, Gohan senses his father's energy just plummeting. And he actually tells Bulma to leave the planet as he exits the ship and begins to make his way towards the battle site. This is fucking wild to me. Gohan here is, I believe, five years old. This five-year-old child is saying, leave without me. I'm going to go fight the most powerful person in the universe. And I'm going to essentially sacrifice myself to try to kill him. (laughs) Yeah, and it's, I have so many thoughts about it because it's, does Gohan, does Gohan, is he old enough to really comprehend what he's going to do? Is this foolish? Is this his inexperience causing him to make bad decisions again? Is he actually hurting Goku rather than helping him? Like, I mean, it's, I feel for the kid. And it's a decision that, you know, really speaks a lot to his character but I think it also speaks to his age, too, which is, I I think, it makes it a fantastic decision for him to make, because I don't know if it's tactically the best decision, but it is a very courageous decision, especially for somebody so young. There, it, It's such a combination of things here, right? And I think you kind of touched on a lot of them. There's there's this naivete of a very young man who wants to do the right thing. But there's also like there are there are almost no five year olds that I could imagine who would be like, I'm going to go sacrifice my life to save the universe. One comparison you could kind of make, and that would be young Goku. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But even even our story with Goku started with him, I believe, around 11 years old or so. Um, But the. The point to Gohan here, though, Gohan is, as a five-year-old, has been through way more shit than most people have in their entire lives. Like, Gohan has been forced to grow up very quickly. Uh, so I, I, I think that his his view on the world is so drastically different than any normal five-year-olds would be. 
Yeah, it's he, he watched one of his only and closest friends die right in front of him. He had to carry back his other closest friend like on the brink of death. And then he's pretty sure he just sensed his dad get killed. That kid's he's been through some drama. Yeah, I I really wish that that was a point that Dragon Ball would touch on more because Gohan is treated as such a a a morally sound character who is always trying to do the right thing and we don't really touch on the trauma that Gohan has suffered as such a young boy <laughs> and Goku's journey to like through life, it was almost kind of set up to where it would perfectly ramp him up to the next event, right? Everything was kind of tailored to where he was in his path to power. Whereas Gohan's, his journey has been very different. Gohan's been thrown into the deep end and has been just completely overwhelmed and outgunned and just, I mean, it's been a tumultuous journey for someone so young. It's, him and his father have had very different experiences throughout their, their fighting careers. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's just talk about the fact that Gohan maybe a day earlier had his neck snapped by an alien. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I feel like that changes a child. Yeah. It's wild, but this is, this is a cool moment as Gohan flies out of the ship going to meet Frieza. And I, I was curious if they were going to keep this in, honestly. I wasn't sure if they were going to cut this or not. Uh, I think I'm glad that they did keep it because this is actually a really cool scene as we get to see Gohan first looking like he's going to fight Frieza and then just flying away from him. Yeah, and I mean, it's it seems like at first, Gohan's doing all this in vain, right? Frieza even kind of powered down a little bit, letting the the weird distended inflated form kind of revert back to Frieza's nor still final form, but the normal level of it. And we see Gohan just kind of being just getting the piss beat out of him. Right. He's no match. It looks like he's trying to run away. It looks like he's, you know, it almost looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. And then we kind of get a little glimpse into Gohan's mind where he mentions that he doesn't need to beat Frieza. He needs to just make sure that Freeze is still on this planet when it goes. And that is such a selfless, self-sacrificing. I mean, it's insane that someone so young would be thinking that way. Yeah, it's it's absolutely wild. There's also kind of leading up to that, I believe there's a sequence where Freeze is goading Gohan, basically saying, like, I killed your father and I'm going to kill you next. And Gohan goes into one of his rage moments where he just dashes in at Frieza and begins pummeling him, like just delivering punch after punch to his gut, slams him down into the ground and gives him a big ass Masenko. Uh, and we've seen Gohan do this to Frieza actually in almost all of his previous forms, but to do it to Frieza in his final form is wild. And I mean, Frieza emerges basically unscathed, but still just super cool to see Gohan do that. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's I mean, we keep getting these glimpses into what Gohan could be right. And they keep putting these breadcrumbs down that there's something there inside Gohan that's special, that's unique. And I mean, considering like we just talked about that kid's journey. Yeah, I would imagine. 
(laughs) Absolutely. Uh, This results in Frieza basically saying once more, like, you have some talent, but I haven't been fighting you at my full power. And then Frieza begins to bulk back up once more. And as it looks like Frieza is about ready to get serious and just murder this child, we see this glowing light from beneath the water. And slowly, our hero, the Super Saiyan Goku, emerges from beneath the waves. And um, his shirt finally gave way and he's taking it serious. We see anger creasing his lips as he screams at Gohan to get the hell off the planet. (laughs) I mean, it's crazy. I get it though. It's Gohan. What are you doing? Leave. I love this. I, I love Gohan disobeying Goku. I love Goku's anger at Gohan for not leaving. Uh, we even kind of skipped over. There's a moment where Gohan, like Balma is trying to turn on the spaceship to get off the planet because she's afraid for her life, rightly so. And Gohan is is physically in tears saying, please don't don't leave I want to I want to wait for my dad. I want if we leave with his spaceship, he has no way of getting off the planet. And so all this is going through Gohan's mind at this point. And Goku just wants to save his son and stick it to this fucking tyrant. Mm -hmm. And it is at around this time that we see that Shenron is capable of reviving an entire alien planet. And we see that everyone is returned back to life, including the Grand Elder, and Vegeta. I love the the scene of Vegeta kind of digging himself out of his grave that Goku placed him in. Uh, so yeah, so far, the King Kai's plan is going according to plan, and we even get a glimpse of Parunga, the Namekian dragon, taking form once more on the darkened planet. Yeah, and this is where we see King Kai kind of jumping into action again. And he communicates his plan to save the Namekian people to the Grand Elder. And we see him, you know, they talk about how, well, I'll have to talk to somebody close by to actually make the wish. I can't do it from here. And we'll wish everybody except for Frieza off the planet. And then this is where Goku kind of jumps into the psychic conversation and just screams demanding that everybody except him and Frieza be wished off the planet. I I love this in a way that it is just absolutely absurd and silly. Like, <laughs> I love that uh, throughout the Namek saga, we've seen Goku demonstrate these strange psychic abilities, like reading Krillin's mind when he arrived on Namek, and then being able to just tap into a god's psychic conversation. Like, on one hand, there's even there is some precedent for this, and I think we talked about it before when he read Krillin's mind, where. Goku Goku is a fighting savant. He watched the Kamehameha once and copied it. Well, so, I think didn't um in the Saiyan saga, didn't Goku telepathically speak to Krillin? He did. You're right. And that's actually, you know what? And I I almost kind of forgot about that, but I I was going to say that he of course had worked with King Kai who can te- communicate telepathically. So there's a 
there's something to be said for Goku having seen King Kai do it and then mm-hmm. copying it, but he actually did it. Bef- well, no, it, it, in the Saiyan saga, it was after he trained with King Kai. So that actually, that still stands as that could be the case. I mean, it's still insane that, you know, like the grand elders, like I can't, you know, communicate with people off planet and stuff like that. But Goku, can, I, I don't know. It's wild. It's you're right. It does raise some questions. What, what's the extent of this capability? Um, but yeah, Goku can just telepathically talk to people. The mind reading thing is still the one that stands out the most, but every once in a while, Goku's just like, yeah, I have this ability now. This, this one's hilarious to me though, too, because I'm pretty sure I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we don't see either of these abilities from Goku again. (laughs) I don't think so either. We, man, does he do the communication again later on? I feel like he might use the communication thing again one more time at least. It's possible. Yeah, it's a weird be. one. I mean, it's. But there's also times like if he can do it, why doesn't he do it more? I don't. It's, it's such a big plot hole. Why? Why did you guys open this door? It's yeah. I mean, it, hmm. I almost feel like they should have just had King Kai like reach out and tell Goku, "Hey, this is our plan," and then Goku would be like, "No." don't take me off this planet. And that would have pretty much solved all of these problems. <laughs> but yep, Goku can, uh, he's got the, the satellite phone in his head. He can talk to anyone anywhere on the planet or, you know, I don't know. He can do that sometimes. When he chooses to. Yeah, exactly. It's so weird. Oh, but um, yeah, Goku's got strange powers. Um, we'll put that to bed for now because uh, maybe, I don't know, we should make an episode on that because I think that'd be funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we, Dende is contacted by the Grand Elder after this conversation, and he's asked to make this very, very important wish. And so once again, Dende's kind of roped into an important role. Yeah, I I like this too. And we kind of see as Goku hears that the plan is coming to fruition and Goku also knows that he's going to get to stay here and finish his fight with Frieza. He's just smiling at Frieza. And then he also kind of, his eyes dart over and catch a glimpse of Paranga. Frieza is quick to read all of this and looks over seeing Paranga and is like, Oh man, it's immortality time. I love the glee on Frieza when he realizes that that everything might work out after all that that glimpse of hope that Frieza hasn't had in so long and just the just being overcome with joy, I guess, just a feeling of victory that I think was out of Frieza's grasp for such a long time. And we see Frieza turn and just dash towards it as Goku's doing his best to kind of jump in Frieza's way and kind of mess him up. But Frieza's the hell bent on this target. I love I, I love the tension here, like the the idea that, oh, no, if Frieza gets there, Frieza could use the wish for immortality instead of what our heroes want to use it for. And they even I think that they might even have adjusted the timing on this a little bit from the original. But Frieza gets there in time to ask for his wish before uh before Dende actually asks Perunga for the wish, the problem is Frieza doesn't speak Namekian. Yes, and Frieza screams out, Dragon, grant me immortality! And almost immediately a beat after, you hear Dende's kind of soft voice in Namekian say something, and then the dragon grants the wish. 
And this is where we see everyone begin teleporting off the planet as Frieza's wish was not the one that was granted. This is great. Frieza is outraged as he hears Perunga claim that he's going to teleport everybody off the planet. Uh, Dende, at that point, as Frieza blasts at him, gets immediately teleported away, avoiding the blast. And then Vegeta flies into the scene Seeing Goku and being like, oh, you've finally done it. You're finally a Super Saiyan. I mean, I can only imagine just the Saiyan job that Vegeta has at this point. Just like, there it is. There's the Saiyan. There's the person that you're going to kill. It, it's a good day. I'm back to life. That asshole's going to die. I got to see the legend. Everything's groovy. It's got to be such a... And, and you can even see the the joy on Vegeta's face. Uh, but it's 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 got to be such a great moment of both pride, like pride in the Saiyan race, pride in the legend of the Super Saiyan, uh, pride in the fact that there is, you know, this warrior who is a Saiyan who could defeat Frieza, and also absolute jealousy as Vegeta sees... Kakarot of all people is the one who became the Super Saiyan and not himself. Well, Vegeta's, you know, he sees everything that's going on and he's not ready to to leave, you know, the planet. He gets ready to just I guess throw a key blast or something at Frieza before he's popped out of existence, which by the way, put a pin in that because apparently sometimes uh, you can be teleported with permission and sometimes you cannot be teleported with permission. So we're going to talk about that because that's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> uh, I just thought about that. But yeah, that's that's interesting. So he's teleported off world before he can launch his attack at Frieza. And this is where Goku kind of gloating at this point fills in the frustrated Frieza on the whole plan everything that had gone in uh, gone on in the background to kind of foil everything that freeze has done at this point and with that plan complete all there's really left at this point is just the fight between these two yeah i also love i mean goku just rubbing salt in the wound as frieza is outraged he's had He's had his immortality taken from him not once, but twice in the same day. Uh, now all the people who, you know, he had already murdered were resurrected and taken off the planet, including Vegeta. And he's stuck here with this monkey who is still defying him, still putting up one heck of a fight. Uh this is this is great. I'm I love the anger that we get out of Frieza here. Yeah, and with nothing left but to to get revenge on the Saiyan, that leads us into episode 52, which is to remain on a vanishing planet. This is the final showdown. And we get the episode starting off with a change of scenery as Bulma, Gohan, and all the Namekians are standing around on a calm, serene planet Earth. We even get Piccolo getting healed by Dende. So it's kind of this, this break from the fight. It's the, the eye of the maelstrom as we take a break to see everybody on what a peaceful planet looks like. Yeah, and so we kind of get to see the the reward that everybody got for all of their planning, all of the crafty wishes that they made on these multiple sets of dragon balls 
and it quickly cuts back to our confrontation between Frieza and Goku as they literally clash into each other. Um, we get to see them kind of destroying parts of the planet, destroying some of the remaining Namekian buildings. There's a really cool shot as Frieza knocks Goku into the ground and then raises his hands for a giant energy ball that just woo, 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 gets Perfect. bigger and bigger as he throws it down at Goku. Yeah, it's it's... <laughs> It's a massive key ball. I mean, it really just, it once again shows just how destructive these forces are that are being thrown around. And the coolest part about this is this giant key ball that Frieza summons and just, I mean, it engulfs Goku in it, right? Well, Goku struggles against it for a moment. You see his feet kind of pressing and biting into the ground as he struggles to push against it. And then you see him pull his arm back and just punch it off into space. It's fantastic. It's so fun. It's so cool. And yeah, it, it just feels like it has so much like macho-ness to this battle. Just these two guys who are just like yoked out of their minds going to town on each other. Mm -hmm. And um, the environment's really cool too as they blast their way through mountains and the, like the abandoned villages of, of the Namekian people. And right now, this is the first point in a minute where it feels like it's it's quite a pitched fight where the two are kind of giving as good as, as they're taking at this point. Yeah, this is this is a lot of fun. We kind of cut back uh, a little bit to Earth between the fight uh, as. As the Grand Elder is explaining exactly what happened and why Goku is still on. Well, Goku is nowhere to be seen on Earth because he stayed on Namek to deal with Frieza. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, Goku got what he wished for, right? Yeah, we also kind of cut back to King Kai watching in on the fight. Um, I will say the, the fight animation between Goku and Frieza really kicks up here, too, in this episode. Uh, we we also get a well we get a little scene of Balma basically doing uh I don't even know what to call it. it it's like a little ceremony to see if Goku's going to come home the the only detail that i like about this is that the the ceremony basically says that Goku's not going to come home and then Gohan quickly is like your ceremony is bullshit my dad's going to make it home i know he will <laughs> So, and I, you know, all the Namekians kind of gather around because they don't really understand earth customs or, or anything like that. They're, they're watching this divining magic happen kind of with smiles on their faces. It's kind of fun. Yeah. It's a neat little beat. Um, we do get a scene of Frieza, like bear hugging Goku in the fight once more and Goku just giving his multiple elbows to the gut to break free. Uh, there's a cool almost like scissor kick moment from Goku to Frieza's head. And it it's looking more and more like Goku has the upper hand as Frieza's trying to keep pace with Goku. Uh, we do get the great scene of Frieza just turning and seeing and staring into the eye of Goku's six pack abs. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. I mean, it's <laughs> you see them doing battle and it's like, as they fight and they're exchanging blows, it almost seems like Frieza is the only one that's being worn down by them, right? It's Goku has been taking blows, but he gets back up and he seems to be in the exact same form that he was. Whereas Frieza takes a hit and Frieza looks a little bit more bruised and battered and is starting to breathe a little bit more heavily as this fight goes on. And 
slowly this fight turns from what was a pitch battle to the tyrant of the universe becoming the one taking the basically all the beatings. And yeah, Goku's arrogant at this point. He begins just toying with Frieza, arrogantly dodging blows and kind of shadowing Frieza as Frieza moves about kind of, I guess, playing mind games with Frieza, just kind of showing that he's just having fun at this point. This isn't even a fight to him. It's so not a fight. And Goku is so arrogant that Goku actually stops the fight and says, I'm done. Frieza's like, what do you mean you're done? Goku says, you're not a challenge for me anymore. I've already beaten you. I don't need to continue this fight. I'm getting off this planet and I'm going home. Don't ever show your face around again. I mean, it's the the confidence, the 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 blow to Frieza's ego, just hearing those words from a, a dirty monkey like that. The delivery is great. And those lines, they sting. You can feel that those hit harder than any punch that Frieza's taken at this point. Oh, yeah. And Goku is so sure of himself in this moment. He even powers down out of his Super Saiyan form. We get to see his hair turn black, his muscles shrink down in size, and he full on turns his back. The arrogance. The arrogance. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. Frieza outraged, screaming at Goku as Goku flies away, paying Frieza no mind whatsoever. I mean, and I love Frieza's reaction to this. It's almost like a spoiled child who just had their toy taken away, right? It's the, how how dare you? How dare you do this to me? As he begins just throwing a temper tantrum. And Frieza screams out that this fight isn't over. He's not beaten yet. And launches a, what looks like a, a, a red key form of the Destructo disc at his, well, magnanimous opponent. And Goku screams back. I warned you, but you didn't listen. I gave you one last chance to walk away and you blew it. And we see him reignite his golden Super Saiyan form. And he starts just leading this Kia blast around like it's a lost puppy. I love this. I love the look of elation on Frieza's face as he gets Goku to rejoin in the fight. Frieza kind of getting what he wants out of this situation. I'm not done playing. You're not going anywhere. I'm not done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Frieza, Frieza just wants to be acknowledged here. He's not going to let the Saiyan turn his back on him. Uh, and Goku flying away from this controlled destructo disc blast goku dashes towards frieza and frieza's like you're going to clearly try to pull up at the last moment i'm not going to fall for that and goku does so frieza launches the destructo disc up towards goku continuing to follow him and seemingly cutting through goku which we then see was just an after image yeah and goku reappears near Frieza and the two pause for a moment for a little smack talk and 
Frieza is not appreciating how much Goku is looking down on him at this point. Goku is treating Frieza like like the child he is right now. And it's pretty clear that Goku does not view Frieza as a threat at all. And this only just angers Frieza even more. I I actually really, well, I, I both like and also f- found some of the dialogue here. It's a little bit weird. Goku basically says uh, that, like putting Frieza down, says you're resorting to amateur attacks and cheap tricks now, which uh, in my mind, I could just hear Krillin in the afterlife being like, hey, Goku, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, hey, what is it? Uh, uh, mimicry is the highest form of flattery. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I mean, Frieza is literally using a destructo disc, maybe even a better form of a destructo disc than Krillin's because he can control it and move it around. And maybe. Goku's I like, do, I do think the destructo disc is best used when it has the element of surprise. And this is anything but that. This is just chasing someone around with it. I can. Maybe, I think it's out of respect for Krillin because he's seen the Destructo Disc and how how to use it effectively, and every time it's by surprise. That's a fair point. I I I like the your your take on that, and I well, let me say this: defend my boy, and by that I mean you're okay to be wrong. Go ahead. <laughs> I I love Krillin, and I I like your take on that. Krillin Krillin woefully I don't want to say misuses the destructo disc fails to use the destructo disc in many situations when he should use it. Hey, let's not bring up all the points that Abridged brought up, okay? We'll hash that out (laughs) later. But yeah, I mean that's that's a good way to look at it from Goku's perspective, I think, as you're saying that uh maybe in that goku is basically saying like hey i know somebody who can use that technique far better than you that can. that's the way i viewed it is that like you're you're so desperate you're going to copy my friend's techniques like this is you're that's not the real thing you're not doing the real thing this is a cheap knockoff version and and i'm not going to acknowledge it yeah but this goads frieza into doubling down on that technique quite literally as he summons another destructo disc in his hand and launches both of them at goku okay so goku once again takes these these destructo discs on a dog walk right he lets them chase right behind him they're cutting through stuff he's dodging around goku he doesn't even look like he's labored by this this chase he's just kind of going about his business right and eventually goku dashes back towards frieza and he launches an energy blast into the ground that kind of pulls up a smoke screen around the area and we see frieza leap into the air avoiding his own attacks this time but this is where goku catches frieza and i you know what? i'll let you describe the smackdown because i feel like you probably really appreciated this 
man i love this and and yeah the the whole sequence is beautiful i i like the ingenuity of goku uh putting up the smoke screen but as frieza leaps up goku comes flying down with a wwe elbow straight to the top of frieza's head you see frieza's head dome and cave in and his eyes bulge and bug out as he just gets clobbered it's beautiful sticking it to frieza here i mean it it gets even better than that though because after this heavy elbow goku grabs a hold of frieza and begins just like slapping the shit out of him just comically (laughs) it's i mean the the evil emperor of the universe is just being just bitch slapped at this point it's hilarious quite literally right like what more demeaning thing could you do to a person who you know believes that they are above you and better than you than to just repeatedly slap them in the face oh so after being slapped a good half dozen times um Goku follows it up with a hammer fist to the dome that sends Frieza flying into the earth where admittedly he kind of catches himself in a Spider-Man pose. It's kind of neat. And as he defiantly rises up, just screaming curses at Goku, Goku calls out a warning, probably a second too late as Frieza's own red disc comes flying back on scene, cutting the evil tyrant of the universe into several pieces. How did you feel about this? So, and not I, enough just, blood. <laughs> I very much agree with you. <laughs> I was like, there's shockingly um, very little blood. Yeah, they they Kai censors the hell out of this show, unfortunately, in terms of gore. Uh, uh, just to refresh your memory, in case you don't remember the how this happened in the Funimation dub, it, it's it's definitely a longer scene, but. It's much more of an exchange between Goku and Frieza where Goku says, Frieza, look out behind you. And Frieza's like, I'm not going to fall for that, you filthy monkey. And then he gets cut in half. Here, it's more like Goku, like you said, is is almost too slow, too too late giving the, the warning. And Frieza just kind of unceremoniously gets cut in half. I like it better. Uh, like it a hundred times better. This feels more natural. Um, I mean, yeah, I do remember the original now that you bring it up and one once again in the original, I think they went a little too far to their way to make Goku kind of the goody goody guy. Whereas here it seemed more like Goku was just like, I just don't want to see you die. Right. It's I'm just trying to make sure that your life is spared, but these things happen so fast that I didn't have time to warn you. Whereas before it's, it, it felt more of a kindness of his heart exchange. Whereas here it felt more reactive. It also feels maybe a little bit more silly or gimmicky in the original. I think, uh, even, even in such a way that like, I mean, yeah, why should Frieza believe Goku and Frieza is the sort of person who would do something like that. But I almost feel like it, it's a little bit weird for Frieza to even think that Goku would do that. He's kind of seen at this point what type of person Goku now, is. Goku doesn't really lie, right? Goku's going to be honest. He is going to show mercy. He doesn't want to hurt people. 
Right. So I, I, I agree with you. I think it feels better. It feels more natural that Goku is just, just a split second too late as Frieza kind of rises up and Goku's like, Oh, look out. I will say as, as a kid and I think I enjoyed it more as a kid because drawing the scene out, like I got to bite into it more. And as a kid, it was more believable. So I think seeing it as a kid that felt better. And then seeing this version as an adult, this feels better. So I got to see both at the best times. That's probably a good point. There, There is something to be said for the increased tension of getting to see that this is going to happen for a longer drawn out moment, right? Yeah, it's it's I mean, it's watching a, a train wreck sort of thing. It's everything's in motion and it can't be stopped at this point. And you're just kind of waiting for it to hit. So, yeah, it does build that tension. I think I like I said, I like this better as an adult than the old one. But the old one did just fine for a kid watching it for the first time. So it's it's the new one, I think, is objectively better for me. But I don't mind the old one, especially how old I was and where I was at that time. It it was fine for me at that point. Yeah, yeah. I I think I agree with you for the most part there too. This I mean that that kind of wraps up this episode as we see Frieza, this tyrant, finally fall down to the ground in pieces. One of his arms cut off, part of his tail cut off, his lower body completely severed from his upper body and just on the ground lying in his own blood and apparently frieza doesn't have any blood or organs it's just paint can reddish pink in there you know you just you fill in that void right there with that color and that's all there is i'll be honest the original wasn't much better than that but it was better <laughs> <laughs> uh it just makes me laugh just come on just we already see people bleeding from their mouth just put the blood in there make it look the way it should it, this should have been them perfecting dragon ball why are you guys holding back yeah i agree especially because they're willing to add in more cursing like more more damnits and bastards but the gore is censored yeah just throw some blood in there everyone loves blood but uh, i digress we're we're moving into episode 53 which is sun goku's final blow planet namek scatters throughout space and I love this entire sequence where Frieza's lying on the ground, painfully coughing and gasping for air. Once again, surprisingly little blood. And we see Goku kind of comment on the sorry state that Frieza's in and how he's going to let Frieza share the same fate of the planet that he destroyed. I just, I love how poetic that ending would be. It is. It's beautiful. I I like that this scene is given room to breathe too. There's like just a, a slow panning shot of the the lightning and the destruction across Namek and just Goku standing there in silence, taking in the beaten dying form of Frieza. Frieza clawing into the dirt. And then Frieza in this weak wispy tone calls out to Goku saying, please, please help me. Oh, I love it. It's so diabolical. It's, it's appealing to, to Goku's good nature. It's, it's begging for forgiveness from somebody who forgives everybody. And 
Goku, he frames it perfectly. He angrily snaps back at, at, I mean, at this request, right? He says, how many people have asked you for mercy? Hundreds? Thousands? What gives you the right to expect any, especially from me? And as Goku turns, it looks like he's going to step away. But at the last possible moment, we see him kind of snap back and a portion of his energy is gifted to his defeated opponent. This is beautiful. I I think that this I think this scene was a little bit longer in the original two, or maybe the cut was a little bit different because there's this happens so quickly, you kind of get you kind of understand that Goku is giving his energy to Frieza right away. But I feel like when I watched this in the original, you you aren't sure for just a brief moment if Goku is giving his energy to Frieza or if he's blasting Frieza into oblivion. <laughs> yeah, it's I I considering the pace that Kai has been going at, and we've had so many scenes where they needed to slow it down. I'm actually very happy with this one because they they could have spent a little bit more time on it, but I'm not upset with how they decided to treat it. I think they gave it enough time for you to get the general sense of everything that's going on. I do like the pause to appreciate the 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 war torn planet, the gasping Frieza, just how terrible things really are in this moment. And I think the only thing that I was looking for was I believe in the original, I do think that Frieza um, apologizes. And I don't think Frieza apologizes in this scene. He doesn't. Uh, the The route that he goes in this one is he he literally asks Goku to please have mercy on me, which is similar but different. I think having mercy is that still feels like something that one combatant would ask of another, but like the I'm sorry, that kind of like groveling, pathetic, just reduced to the absolute minimal. You are saying you are sorry. That's such an extreme length from somebody who's gone and done so many extremely bad things. It's a, I mean, it's also great in that we know with the next scene that everything that Frieza said while he was dying on the ground was a lie, was a trick. So for Frieza to, one, be willing to say that he's sorry in that moment, understanding that his life is forfeit if if Goku doesn't help him, uh, it is very interesting about his character. But two, the fact that Frieza was so willing to lie in that moment to get what he wants says a lot about his character, too. Yeah, and kind of what you alluded to, um, after being gifted a portion of Goku's energy, we see Frieza's eyes slowly open as his dismembered, just bleeding, awful form, not too much bleeding, though, just a little bit of bleeding, <laughs> slowly lifts from the ground. And he kind of begins cackling as he thanklessly spews these vile words at his merciful opponent even in the throes of unfathomable rage you're a chump for a hard luck story 
How admirable. He continues to gloat, telling Goku that his life will be lost in the vacuum of space. Oh, I love it. I love Frieza just even up against the corner, even after being offered help from Goku, still wants nothing more than to destroy him. I forgot how long this scene is actually with Frieza just kind of floating around Goku and it's the visuals here again are beautiful as Goku stands in this battle torn planet lightning in the sky wind blowing his super saiyan hair off to one side and Frieza just circling around him, goading him with his mm-hmm. words, saying, you're never going to get off this planet, monkey. You're going to die here with the planet. Yeah, and once again, we see Goku giving Frieza another chance to leave in peace. And we see Goku, he doesn't drop out of Super Saiyan form, but he does turn his back and begin flying off. And this is where Frieza once again just starts overflowing with anger just the arrogance of this saiyan and the thought that lord frieza could be defeated just overwhelming him and this is where he screams out none surpass me none not no one even comes close etch this into your skull i am the emperor of the universe the likes of you are only fit to grovel at my feet better still to die here in disgrace at the hands of your master and he roars launching a key blast with his one good remaining arm what a beautiful line of dialogue here I mean, this is if we didn't already understand what type of person Frieza is, this is basically Frieza completely condensed down into a single paragraph. It is so telling of what type of person he is, so telling of what is important to him and so telling. I mean, he he is unwilling like. He's going to die. There's no there's no way that he's going to be able to take Goku out here, given how hurt he is. But he doesn't care. He can't give in to the fact that this Saiyan of all people defeated him, is stronger than him, unseated him as the true emperor of the universe he has to fight back he has to throw this one last attack at goku and goku turns around and retaliates with his own key blast yeah it's goku's had enough at this point and he screams out you fool and counters with his own blast and the these key blasts are not even on par. Goku's key just completely engulfs the paltry little beam that that Frieza managed to to muster up. And we see this beam just completely engulf the evil tyrant of the universe. We see his form hit hard as he lurches back and is slowly erased by a colossal key blast that finally downs the tyrant. This is an iconic moment. I mean, it, uh, all even down to specifically the the dialogue here of just the line, "You fool!" As I mean, Sean Schemmel just killing it as Goku delivers the final blow to Frieza. Uh, and I mean, there's actually an interesting shot here too because there's a shot that was animated here 
a little bit differently than it's drawn in the manga. And the internet has kind of drawn some attention to it because Goku, it's a close-up of Goku's face. And Goku's kind of looking down at Frieza and his brows are kind of furrowed. And his he almost looks stern in the anime. Uh, In the manga, the exact same shot, his brow is kind of pushed upward almost in a look of sadness and i'm kind of disappointed and of course kai this is not kai's fault by any means this is just the anime difference from the manga Uh, i'm kind of disappointed that we don't get that sadness in goku's eyes here because he did everything to try to give frieza a chance to live to survive and to just go to 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 leave him alone to accept his defeat and frieza just wouldn't let things lie as they were yeah and it's it's goku's kind heart that's gotten him this far right and he's he's never really meant to kill anybody he's had a couple moments where maybe someone unintentionally may have died or may have not died but this is one of the the major first times where he actively was the main role in taking someone else's life. And this should weigh on Goku, right? That's where I think the manga got it probably correct, where this would have weight on the heart. As evil as Frieza was, Goku's not a killer, but he kind of is now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And uh, there are even moments where Goku says, you know, you, I'm, basically says i'm going to kill you like when he turns super saiyan he's like you don't deserve to live after all of the things that you've done but i think there's maybe a sense of self that comes out even in the rage of the super saiyan transformation in goku trying to have mercy on frieza and frieza just didn't let it happen um I do like that Kai did take that moment to pause here, though. Kind of, there's no music. It's just kind of the wind blowing, and it's the the calm after the storm, I guess. And Goku takes a a deep breath, breathing out, and we see him fly off as he, well, he doesn't have much time to find a spaceship, but we'll get to that in a minute because we got to return to Earth where the Grand Elder is making his announcement that uh, he's going to die soon. And uh, Vegeta decides to chime in by pointing out that uh, the reason why not all the Namekians are back there is because the wish specifically brought back all the Namekians killed by Frieza and his henchmen. He is neither of those. Yeah, which is like, oof, let's rub that in right now. Good job, Vegeta. Uh, We kind of get this moment where the Grand Elder passes on the title of Grand Elder to elder mori and the grand elder passes away just kind of fading i guess namekians die by fading into nothingness i don't i don't know just thanos snaps out he's he's not here anymore there's no body he's just gone yeah it's just dust it's Uh, at around this point that everyone's lamenting the death of the the grand elder and bulma and gohan are talking they kind of bring up how you know 
It would be great to bring back Krillin too, but he's already been brought back by the Dragon Balls and he can't be brought back anymore. And this is where Dende brings up, oh, well, that doesn't apply to our Dragon Balls. So, hey, we got a loophole, everybody. Yeah, multiple Dragon Balls means no consequences. Yay. (laughs) Well, I think the Namekian Dragon Balls are just, you can do it ad nauseum. There's no limit to it is what they said in Kai. So it's like, right. It's even worse than just getting a second chance at coming back. You get unlimited chances with these ones. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting here. It ends up being a problem later on, in my opinion. Uh, but for the moment, they are pleased to have this news as we kind of take the focus back to Goku trying to find his way off of the planet. He first finds his way into Frieza's ship because he knows it's going to be closer than his own. Uh, He tries to get it moving. It is thoroughly beaten up, thanks to mostly Vegeta. Uh, And as Goku tries to get it up and running, the the ground beneath it gives way and the ship kind of falls into the molten core of the planet Namek, uh, leaving Goku without a good option he could potentially get to his other ship but it's still a ways away yeah and it's this scene it progresses pretty quick because goku he stands on the surface of this dying world and we see the world begin to erupt and crack apart as goku just roars in defiance as the planet kind of goes up around him we see the world shattering apart in a giant fiery explosion in space and then nothing Planet Namek is no more at this point. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful beat. It's a a great episode ender as a kind of end that episode and move us into the last episode of the Frieza arc. Yes, which is episode 54. Goku vanishes in space. Super warriors return to life. And I've got some bullet points in this one. Um, But if there's... If you've got detailed notes, we can go through that or I can just fire off. Feel free to fire off. I think this is one that we can kind of speed through. Okay, so this episode starts off with King Kai can't find Goku in space, so everyone thinks he's dead. So Yamcha decides to use King Kai to tell Boma that Frieza died, but also Goku died. Boma's pretty chill because uh, the Namekian balls can bring Goku back, but things get less chill when King Kai points out that they would be revived where the planet dynamic was and uh yeah that would be goku revived in the cold vacuum of space uh balma offers to put up all the aliens in her house including the hot one in saiyan armor <laughs> vegeta <laughs> uh turns out namekian dragon balls cool off in 130 earth days so uh we fast forward 130 earth days and the dragon is summoned krillin's soul is brought to earth which that's a whole conversation i guess I don't even remember if that was a thing in the original Funimation dub. Uh, yeah, you're kind of shaking your head. I don't remember it being a thing. I don't remember thing. it at all. I mean, I'd have to go back and rewatch. It's such a weird thing. And I, I don't know, man. I I also, I, I know I said to fire off, but I, I also want to point out how, mm, how unfortunately weird and inconsistent the rules are about people getting resurrected by the Dragon Ball. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really weird because uh, the dragon summon, uh, they bring Krillin's soul back and then they revive Krillin. And uh, the dragon says, after special consideration, we've decided to 
bring his body back in the unexploded form, which did kind of make me giggle. I feel like it's the writers taking a shot at the show, which is I'm fine with that. I I, I guess like and, and I mean, if we jump ahead to Dragon Ball Super and Resurrection F, Frieza got resurrected in the fucking chopped up pieces that Trunks left him in. So, I mean, I guess that makes sense. But if the dragon can just be like, ah, I put him back together for you. I mean, it's, it, it's one of those things where I assume that if you don't specify something, then the dragon's going to use all that wiggle room however he feels. I mean, these guys have resurrected people so many fucking times, they should know to specify. <laughs> Probably, yeah, but it's, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. there's a hundred questions I could ask about it. Like, well, all right, if you die to a hole being shot through your chest, like, and I resurrect you, wouldn't you resurrect with a hole through your chest? Why is that one repaired? But this one isn't. I, the nitty, there's no point in getting into the nitty gritty because I don't think there's any real sense to it. There's no sense to it. That is the frustration, I think. But <laughs> that's that is our point. Moving on. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, they go to uh, do the same thing with or er, er, Goku, but they find out that uh, his soul and his body are still together, and the dragon can't move a soul by itself. And they quickly piece together that Goku is still alive. Yeah, this is interesting, right? Because I mean, we we just we didn't get to see Goku escape Namek, but he must have in in some way, shape, or form. Um, but also, it's been a hundred and thirty days. Where is he? Why hasn't he made his way back to Earth yet? Well, we're we're gonna go ahead and make the um the most obvious wish, which is just bring Goku back to Earth, and they make that wish, and Goku can decline. <laughs> we briefly touched on this earlier this shit is hilarious to me i mean <laughs> let's uh, we already talked about goku's weird psychic powers goku is like uh, goku is so far out of the bounds of what any sort of like other rules or logic for the show or for this world it's hilarious because goku is just like nah man no, Eternal Dragon, I want to stay here. Get your wish out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's Goku can decline. And then, like, when he interrupted King Kai's conversation earlier and said, no, I need you to not wish me back, he could have just declined it. When the dragon, you know, when that notification popped up in his Goku, you know, desktop, he could have just right. said no. He could have updated later. <laughs> Except decline. Except <laughs> decline. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things where, Ah, uh, why? Why? So, if you're wishing something that affects a person, is can they decline any wish? Is it just Goku? What? I don't like this one because, especially like literally two episodes ago, Vegeta was wished away without being asked while he was in the middle of doing something, and then now Goku is just like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean. I don't know. I could maybe see it if like the person knew it was going to happen. I could see there could maybe be some logic to it, but Goku has no, as far as I understand, Goku should have no idea that this wish is being wished upon him right now. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, let's try to remember this one because in future episodes, uh, we're going to have to discuss, did he have a good reason to decline it? Because thinking back, I, I don't think he did have a good reason, but we'll, that's something we'll have to dive into a little later. 
one word training oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's all i got man (laughs) oh my god but yeah so goku declines the wish to come back this is where vegeta realizes that goku's been like you said training this entire time and steals a ship and leaves in the middle of all this happening which is just wild hilarious um yamcha's wished back to life i guess um his relationship with bulma and vegeta being there is all weird now but uh that's neat um then we fast forward again another namekian year passes so we can do more wishes we're so many wishes are being granted this episode it's wild and this is where chaotsu and tian are restored and the third wish is used to send the namekians to a new planet which in the previous one did they wish for Planet Namek to come back and then go to it? They wish for a new Planet Namek, and then they wish to be teleported to it. I am 99% sure. And I feel like the the shift in wishes here was probably that first one that they discussed about bringing Krillin's spirit back to Earth. Yeah, really, really bizarre. I felt like just thinking back that that that's different and also like i i know what happens in the future i think there we get more scenes on the namekians being on a new planet namek so yeah absolutely kind of raises some questions as far as that's concerned but um, maybe they'll just be like oh we wish to be transported to a new planet and the dragon took that as you know make a new planet and put us on it who who knows right there's always wiggle room with these things yeah, I I almost had to, in my head, imagine that that's what they were doing, but whatever. It, it, it doesn't really matter, right? It's just... Exactly. It's just a weird thing to change that just... But it, whatever. So, with the Namekians leaving, we do get a brief moment where Dende gives kind of a heartfelt, heartfelt goodbye to Gohan. And I do actually appreciate this scene because Dende is very young and went through all this traumatic stuff just like Gohan. So they probably can relate to each other more than anyone else. Right. And so they can share in this trauma together and really, really communicate on a level that makes sense to them. So I can, I can see over this 260 days, very specifically, these two kind of getting close and bonding a little bit, even though we don't see it, I can see it happening. Right. It it makes sense. Like you said, and as the Namekians get teleported off of Earth, I mean, we're we're greeted with a few last scenes of life back to normal for Gohan and Piccolo and the rest of our Z fighters as the episode and the Frieza arc comes to an end. The the last shot of the Frieza arc is Gohan doing his homework uh in his house by his mom with piccolo kind of watching over him kind of off to the side in the woods just keeping an eye on gohan i love their relationship it is so freaking wholesome and i love that it's like it's always there it's always happening piccolo is best dad yeah best green dad (laughs) oh man it's it's been an adventure i'm i was really excited to watch this episode but the Worst part about it is that with this episode ending, it's kind of the end of the the planet Namek stuff, right? This is a very, this is the most iconic 
story arc in all of Dragon Ball for me. This is what really hooked me. This is what stands out the most in my childhood. So watching and going through and re-experiencing everything that Frieza is and does, and what a fantastically written villain that Frieza is. I mean, it's so much fun, right? But it's also, it. I'm kind of sad that it's all over at this point. It's 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 so good that I feel bad that it's done. I feel the same. I was very excited to watch this chunk of episodes in particular. I most of the time when I'm preparing for the podcast, I kind of dole out the episodes, you know, slowly here and there. This time I kind of binge watched all of these episodes back to back because I just love this part of the anime. I. How did you feel about this chunk of episodes about the Frieza saga as a whole and about the way that Kai handled it, Dayton? Um, I honestly, I think Kai did a really good job. I think most of the important scenes are there. There's a couple areas where the edits are a little rough, but I do think, I mean, shoot, we had to cut up the, the Frieza arc into three episodes of instant transmission. So they definitely gave it time. We, we got to experience all the different levels of Frieza. The dialogue for Frieza has been very, very good in Kai, um, much better than the original. I think, um, overall, I think, I think the Frieza arc is a vast improvement over the original. I think a lot of filler was cut. I think the Frieza arc in the original was dozens of episodes, whereas here it feels much more concise. And I don't really feel like I missed out on too much. There could have been a couple of moments where they could have slowed it down a little bit more, maybe with Frieza groveling and begging and pleading to um, for mercy. I really think that cutting out the apology, like it hits a little different, but... I mean, I'm nitpicking. I th- I think it's very well done. I think I largely agree with you. And of course, in our last couple of episodes, we've we've covered the our specific issues with the Frieza arc. Most of them are I guess really most of them are a little bit nitpicky. There are some unnecessary changes. Uh there are some there are quite a few actually of the 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 animation touch-ups uh they didn't seem as egregious in this set of episodes they were very bad in the middle of the arc uh especially touching up on the super saiyan transformation i was very frustrated with that i i will say i did watch uh there is a a YouTube video that came out just recently from totally not Mark who covers a lot of Dragon Ball stuff who actually covered the degradation of the film, the original media of the Dragon Ball anime and talked about how the, the film has really seriously degraded over the years. So there's probably some justification between their for their touch-ups of the animation. I imagine that some of those scenes just look really rough in the the original film. It It's really just a bummer, though, because it, it really takes away from some of those amazing scenes. But as for Kai's rendition of Frieza, the Frieza arc as a whole, I think it's the best way to experience the Frieza arc. There is a ton of filler in the original animation version uh 
Uh, there's a ton of stuff with Balma that got cut out, which, oh, thank God. Uh, there's, you know, the fake Namek arc that got cut out. There's a bunch of filler between them leaving Earth and getting to Namek. Yeah, say, how many episodes was Goku on that ship for? Just, and how just terrible some of those episodes were? A, a dozen, if not more. Like, a lot. And they, they do that in, like, half an episode in Kai. Uh, and they, they cut out some of the, I think probably what is the worst of the fight animations and the, like you said, Dayton, the dialogue, especially freezes dialogue is significantly improved. I, I have my issues with it, but I think they did a good job. I mean, it's when I first heard about Kai, I thought it was going to be a, um, a complete remake. I thought it was going to be new animations throughout. I thought we were going to get like the perfect version of Dragon Ball. And I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed when when I found out what it actually was, which was a touched up version, right? It's not it's not attempting to give us the perfect version of Dragon Ball, but it's trying to give you the quick version of Dragon Ball is the way I've kind of come to approach it now, right? It's I'm not trying to give you a new experience. I'm trying to give you the same experience but in a smaller form and that's the way i kind of need to look at it but i have started to appreciate that um if we would have gotten completely new animations and a completely new show i think i might not like i would have missed out on how good some of the old animations were and kind of that colorful art palette that we probably won't really see again in an anime, right? The original Dragon Ball series has such a unique and artful um, animation style that I just don't think can be re replicated anymore. And I've come to appreciate what what it was even more by going back through and watching Kai. Those are really good points. I honestly, I, I loved rewatching it, especially seeing some of the original animation. And of course, a lot of it's color corrected and stuff, but the parts that are not, fully drawn back over are gorgeous mm. there uh, i i truly believe there is nothing like dragon ball z and the animation and you know probably just dragon ball as a whole uh there i mean there's there's tons of anime from that era but dragon ball has its own feel to it nothing feels quite the same well and i mean even like when super came out and you're rewatching through it, it's it's, you can tell that the, the color palette is just different, right? It's modern. It looks like a modern anime and there's just, there's something special about the way that, that dragon ball Z and even dragon ball were animated and colored and put together and just the, the tools that they used. I mean, it's, it's something special about it. And so it's, like I said, it's something I had to come around to reappreciate where I would have liked a brand new show with, the crazy good graphics and animations that I mean, look at the end of super and how amazing the animation was there, right? How awesome would it be to see a Frieza fight where that quality of animations put into play? But at the same time, there's something that I just really appreciate how, how they did things originally. And I'm kind of glad that we do get to re-experience that even with some of the faults that it had, even with the faults of the degraded film reel and the fill-ins of the animations that they have to do, because it's much more understandable when you realize that they're kind of, I don't know, putting a bandaid over some of the problems that they don't really have a choice. I very much agree with you. I I'm glad that we got to experience that all again. 
I will say, though, I'm still keeping my fingers crossed for that fully reanimated Dragon Ball Z because that would be so. Yeah, cool. I'm not going to complain if they do it. Hell no. <laughs> but I think we've mostly talked through all of this arc. I'm really glad that we got to go through this one again. Dayton, did you have anything else that you wanted to discuss for this topic? No, it's I mean, I think I think we've said it a few times now. This is this for me is peak Dragon Ball. I'm just I'm happy to re go through it. It's it's I mean, this is my third or fourth or fifth time rewatching this stuff. So it's Kai did a great job. All the same memories come flooding back. I'm I'm happy as hell. Great job, Toriyama. Great job, Dragon Ball. (laughs) Yeah, I very much agree. I think with that, that's going to be it for this episode of Instant Transmission, where we discuss everything Dragon Ball. This has been your host, Todd. And Dayton. Be sure to join us next time as we future kick our way into the Artificial Humans arc. With Frieza defeated, our heroes finally have a moment of peace. But it doesn't last long. An oddly familiar spaceship makes its way to Earth, and our Z-Fighters sense a power on it unlike any other. Could Frieza have survived the destruction of Namek? Why has Goku decided not to return home? Is the Prince of All Saiyans going to retire his armor for a pink (laughs) button-down? Find out a next time. And to all our fellow Dragon Ball fans, stay safe out there and remember to keep rocking the dragon. Oh, I'm so excited to meet Princess Trunks. <laughs> Princess Trunks. <laughs> All hail Princess Trunks. <laughs> oh, you had the oh, power. You got to hit the button. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm recording. <laughs> <laughs>